Well, I figured since Brother Shalom spoke for quite a while last Sunday, since you're used to it, I'm thinking I'm going to speak for a while. Amen. No, listen, folks, that's how they do services over there. They're there all day. The Lord's Day is an all-day affair over there in some countries. So uh, if I preach over 30 minutes, y'all don't be fidgeting and running out the door, okay? Uh, Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7 for our thoughts this morning. I enjoyed Brother Shalem. I really did, him and Brother McGill. It's good to see Brother McGill. 85 years old and still going strong for Jesus. That just thrills my heart. What does that mean? It means you're never too old. We don't retire till he calls us home. Amen. Mark chapter 7. I want us to begin with verse 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it into the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We're thankful to be here today with your people in your house to worship you, the living God. I pray, Father, that you just bless this service, that everything said and done would honor and glorify you. And that, Lord, you just speak to hearts this morning. Lord, deal with our hearts. May we draw closer to you. And Father... You know the requests on our hearts, those that we've written down, those that we haven't spoken out about, but you know what they are. We take those needs to you and just ask that your will be done with each instance. Father, give me the words to say that I might present Christ and preach boldly and with authority those truths and those things you've laid upon my heart to say this morning. Again, Father, our prayer is that everyone here will be fed and will draw closer to you. There's one here amongst us that doesn't know your son as Savior. May this be the day before it's eternally too late. So, Lord, again, may you be honored and gloried, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be seated, please. If I was to ask you this morning, if you had a need, I'm almost certain everybody in the house of God would raise their hand. Because we all have needs, do we not? Uh, Some of you may have a need financially. Some of you may have a need with your family. Maybe you've got a child that's 
strayed. He's out there or she's out there. Maybe you're physically ill and you don't know what to do, with the, what the doctor told you, the prognosis. All of us, though, have needs. And I'll ask you, if you've ever found yourself in that position with a need, who have you turned to for help? You know, lots of people, it's amazing, they'll turn to family or they'll turn to a dear friend. They'll turn to a doctor and they're, hey, I'm not talking about doctors. I'm not saying get rid of your doctors because we all need one. And they are a blessing from God that we have doctors. But who do you turn to when you have a need that is beyond your control? I would hope everybody would turn to the Lord. But the sad thing is most people don't. They turn to the world or they turn to others. Here we have a woman that has a great need. You see, her religion couldn't help her. Nobody in her family could help her. She couldn't help herself. She had a need with a daughter that was possessed by a demon. Now, I have never in all my years of ministry, I've never ran across anybody demon-possessed. Thank the Lord. Amen? But I'm going to go ahead and say this so you understand because Hollywood and the world have it backwards. Demons cannot possess a child of God. It's impossible once Jesus is in the house, do you honestly think a demon can come in and kick him out of the house? I don't think so. Now, a demon, I believe in demons, they're fallen angels, followed Satan when he's kicked out of heaven. Understand this morning, a demon can possess someone that don't know the Lord as their Savior, a lost person, and even a child. Why? Because they've yet to make a profession of faith. And the devil will attack any and everyone. But listen to me. He cannot come into a believer's life and control that believer. Amen? Now, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Believers can become influenced by the devil. And I'll get in trouble for what I'm about to say. Most of them that do become influenced want to be influenced. They don't have a close walk with God. And that's why they are influenced. Now, understand. This woman's daughter is possessed. And there's no doubt the daughter was going through all kinds of pain, convulsions. They usually foamed at the mouth, they rolled back and forth, they screamed out. And I'm sure she did everything she could do to help her. But it was to no avail. Now the Bible that we just read, and we'll get started here in a second, says that she was a Greek Syrophoenician. Understand, Tyre and Sidon, when Jesus and the disciples went over there, that was... Nothing but Gentiles. They were all pagans. In fact, it was Canaanite land. 
Do you remember what God instructed Joshua and the children of Israel to do to the Canaanites when they crossed into Canaan? Get rid of them all. You say, oh, how can a loving God do such a thing? He was protecting the apple of his eye. If you don't take my word for it, take God's word for it. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and start reading. He said, you do away with everything and possess the land. So she was from a doomed race. Amen. And she was a Gentile. And their entire, and Saddam, brother, Ciro, they practiced all kinds of ungodly pagan worships. But do you see Jesus going there? Do you think that was by an accident? No, not at all. There's no accidents with the Lord. He knew this woman was going to approach him. He knew she had a need. And God wants you to know this morning that he knows you have needs. But you got to get to him. Now the Bible says that, look at verse 24. It says, And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. That's the thing with Jesus. If Jesus is in your heart, if Jesus is in your family, if Jesus is in your church and your community, listen, he can't be hidden. I know the world would love to do away with the Lord, but you know what? He can't be hidden. He is always available and around. And even though he, I'm sure he wanted to rest, and if you read chapter 7 here of Mark, you'll find he was speaking with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the priests. You see, they were upset that the disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate their food. Again, it was one of those religious traditions. And they were asking Jesus, why don't your disciples wash their hands? And then Jesus just plainly says, and I'm going to, for the sake of time, just condense it. Jesus said, it ain't what's in that goes in a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. You see, what a man is is what is in his heart. That's what he's saying. And then we find him wanting to go to rest. But he couldn't be hid. And then it says, for a certain woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit. And, and let me say, this is parallel with Matthew 15. And the Bible says in Matthew 15 that when she saw Jesus, somehow, some way, she had heard about him. Maybe, this is just speculation, the Bible doesn't say. But maybe she had heard about him healing a man in the Gadarenes that had a legion of demons in him. And he healed him and cast out those demons. Surely in her mind she says, if he can remove a whole legion of demons, then surely he can remove one that's in my daughter. She had heard about him. 
And beloved, go anywhere in the world. I'm not just limiting Christ to this country, but anywhere in the world, everybody has heard of Jesus. Doesn't mean everybody knows Jesus. Doesn't mean that everybody understands and knows about him and who he is and what he's done for us. But everybody knows Jesus. Why? Because they've heard. They've heard of his miracles. So the Bible says that when she goes and she sees him, over in Matthew 15, it says that she cries out. And beloved... There's no doubt in my mind when she saw him, she began to cry out, Jesus! 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 And over in Matthew 15, it says that Jesus ignored her. You say, Jesus ignored someone. I thought he was always there. He ignored her to bring her into faith. Jesus! And the disciples... They're Baptist. Because the disciples said, would you shut her up and just get rid of her? We don't want to deal with She's a heathen. She's a Gentile. Why is she bothering you and us? Get rid of her. Aren't you thankful? The Lord didn't get rid of us. Aren't you thankful? We weren't told, get on down the road. We don't want nothing to do with you, you heathen. And every one of us, I'm going to get in trouble, are heathens. We are nothing but sinners, depraved, and we have no desire to serve God. We live for us and only us. But God loves us anyways. Now, the Bible says back in Mark, the Bible says a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Now understand, she's a Gentile. She's a Canaanite. She come from a doomed country. And before we throw rocks at her, understand we're, we're all doomed because of the sin in our life. Separated from God because of it. But she fell at his feet. You say, well, she's worshiping him. Well, I will say this. It was the beginning of worship. She recognized him as someone who could help her, as someone she had heard about. But she didn't recognize him as the Christ, the Savior. She recognized that he was the son of David, according to Matthew 15. She recognized he was the Messiah, but she didn't quite understand that he was all of those things, especially the Savior, the one and only one that could help us concerning salvation. And our needs. So she falls at his feet. And I pray everybody here under the sound of my voice this morning has at some point in your life fallen at the feet of Jesus.
asking for mercy and forgiveness and confessing him as your Savior. She falls at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And the Bible says that she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Have you ever had a need in your life that you thought was just hopeless? Thought, how can I do this? Who can help me? No one can help me. Have you ever been there? We've all been there, haven't we? Well, this is how this woman felt with her daughter being demon-possessed. So she comes to the right person, Christ, and it says, But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled. Now jump over to Matthew real quick, chapter 15. And again, it coincides with this. It's the same story, but only it's written by Matthew. Notice what it says. Jesus and Mark said, but first let the children be filled. Matthew says in verse 24, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now understand, Jesus came to redeem Israel. But Israel rejected him as the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. And because of it, God turned to the Gentiles. And by the way, we're all Gentiles. And we need to thank God for his grace. Amen. Amen. Listen, had the Jews accepted him, we would be up a creek without a paddle, beloved. We would still be lost in our sins. Now, notice what it says. It says, I'm not sent to, unto the lost sheep, but unto the lost sheep of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. How many of us have ever cried out, Lord, help me? I pretty much do that every day, especially if I'm driving down the road. Lord, help me. Somebody's always after me, trying to run me off the road, turn in front of me, stop in front of me. Lord, help me. But then, notice what it says. But he answered and said, It's not me to take children's bread and to cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. You see, first of all, she comes to Jesus, and according to Matthew, he didn't say a word. According to Matthew, the disciples were saying, get rid of this Gentile. Don't have time for her. And then 
she falls at the feet of Jesus to worship him and to ask him to heal her daughter and remove that demon, Jesus says, you're a dog. Now some would say, oh, how dare Jesus call her a dog? Understand, back then when they called you a dog, it meant that you were unclean. You were filthy. You say, well, that's terrible. It just meant you weren't a Jew. But he, and she wasn't. But we get the idea that he was cutting her down. He wasn't cutting her down. He was trying to get her to open her eyes. Who was she to approach a Jew, especially the Jewish Messiah then? But, again, do you see Jesus progressing, trying to get her to rely on him through faith? Can I tell you this morning? That's all God wants from you and me, is to totally rely on him through faith. We live by faith, and we trust by faith. This is what the Bible says. And she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. How many of you got pets? We all do, don't we? I got three chihuahuas. I know three. We had four. And the Lord allowed one to die. She was old. I got three more. I told the Lord, this is it. We're not getting any more. When they're gone, no more. We'll see more. <laughs> Anyways, those dogs, when me and Lori sit at the table, you know, I don't care where they are, anywhere in the house, they know when it's time to eat dinner. And when we, we sit at the table, here they all come and they sit around us. One, Roscoe, he's my oldest, he, he doesn't sit. He's on his hind legs with his paws on you, pawing at you for a morsel. But the other two just sit. And you can see in their eyes the anticipation. Oh, if you'll just give me a bite. You know what I want. Go ahead, give me a bite. And that's how they are. And basically, this is what she's saying. Lord, it's true. Children must first be filled. But since you said first, that means there's always an opportunity for the second. I'm going to get a second, just like a dog expects to be fed from the table. Seconds. You see, she acted in faith. And then notice what it says. Then Jesus said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. 
Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And Matthew said, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. The moment he spoke, she was healed from the demon possession. Now go back to Mark, our text. Yes, it's the same story, but those writers are a little different, how they present the story, but it's still the truth. Amen. Notice what it says. It says, Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled, for it's not meat to give, to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And before we go on quickly, Jesus said it's not meat to take the children's food and cast it near the dogs. Some may agree with me, some may not. When it comes to the gospel, we are not to cast our pearl before swine. You say, well, what are you saying? I'm saying there are folks out there that are just straight out atheists that care not for God or his word or the church. I'm sorry, but Jesus said you're not supposed to Take the precious gospel and cast it to the swine. He's not saying we don't try to win people to Christ. But be careful. There's some people you're not going to change. And why would you? See, Jesus knew the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the chief priests. He knew. Nope. There ain't no need. They've heard. They don't care. They are set in their religion. That's all they care about. There are people out there that care more for religion than, than they do for a relationship with Christ. And they're out there everywhere. So be careful. Have discernment. If the Lord lays a person on your heart, then you know. Take the gospel to him. But if he doesn't, and I'll be the first to tell you, I've seen some folks on the street that I, in my mind I think, boy, they could use the Lord. But then there's no conviction to take them the gospel. It's because you're not going to win them. They've already been set. In fact, majority of them have probably been turned over to a reprobate mind or their heart has been so cold that God said, I'm done. You said that would be a terrible way. It sure would be. I wouldn't want to be in that position. I'm thankful. As many times as I told the Lord no before he saved me, I'm glad he didn't give up on me. And God doesn't give up. He's not willing that any perish. But again, this is the precious word of God. It is the gospel. It is life. Be careful how you use it and be careful that you don't cast it before swine. Because this is a pearl. It's rare. Now notice what he said. And 
And he said unto her for this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. You see, you want to see faith and grace? You just read that there. You see, when he said, because of what you said, your faith, go. Your daughter is healed. She's fine. And we find this mother not going, Jesus, are you sure? Are you sure? I don't want to get there and find out she... Are you certain, Lord? No delays whatsoever by faith. She trusted what the Lord said and she went home and guess what she found when she got home? Her daughter, completely in her right mind, laying on a bed resting. She was delivered. Now for some of you, we've all agreed we've all got needs. Some greater than others. There's been times, you know, I haven't had a need like, Lord, I need this mountain removed. But, Lord, there's a little hump there. Can you give me a hand with that hump? The point is this. If Jesus did it for this woman, how come you don't think he can do it for you? Because he can remove any obstacle. Peter said, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he careth for you. Jesus said, seek. You'll find. Knock. And it'll be opened unto you. Here's the most important one. Ask and you shall receive. How many of us have asked? How many of us have seeked him? How many of us opened the door at the knock? All of us probably have. There will be some out there this morning that will say, but preacher, you don't understand how bad my problem is. I don't, but he does. Understand. This could be the day. You're not asking for the whole platter or the whole meal or loaf. You're just asking for a crumb. And the Lord is more than happy to give you that. But listen, that lady, that mother, if she was anything, she was persistent. She kept on asking and asking. Our problem is, when it comes to prayer, we say our prayer and then we're done. No, no, no. You must be persistent when it comes to prayer. And you must approach the Lord first and foremost through worship. I think we've forgotten. We just take Jesus out like he's a 
genie in a bottle. And we rub him and ask him to meet our need. And then he goes back into the bottle and we set him on the shelf and we're good to go again till the next need. It doesn't work that way, beloved. We come to him persistently with our petitions and we worship him. You say, I still don't know, preacher. I've come and been years. I've not received an answer yet. Did you ever stop to think the reason the Lord hasn't answered is there might be something between you and the Lord? You need to make sure you're right with God. Did you ever stop to think maybe you've been asking for the wrong thing? And just because He doesn't answer you doesn't mean that He's through with you. You see, His timetable is a lot different than ours. And He sees our true needs, not our true wants. Everybody would want to have millions of dollars in the bank, but guess what? We don't, do we? And you know why we don't? Well, I'm not from a rich family. I don't have... The reason you don't have it is the Lord can't trust you with it. I, listen to me. God has always provided for me, and I've always... He's always given me more than what I deserve. Always. But I also know that I'm never going to be a millionaire. Somebody could give me a lottery ticket that has the winning number that would give me a million dollars in some way, in some fashion. It would fly away. It would be tore up. I would lose it. Why? Because God knows he can't trust me with money. But I'll tell you what he can do. He can restore the sight of the blind. He can cause the deaf to hear. He can give voice to those that can't speak. He can feed a multitude that ran out of food and provide where they had more than enough with just Five little loaves and two fish. My brother mentioned it in his devotional. He can calm the raging sea. Disciples, Lord, don't you care? We're fixing to die. Oh, ye of little faith. Get up and just by speaking over the elements, calm. He can die on a wooden cross on a hill called Golgotha for the sins of the world. They can bury him and for three days there's no stirring. Most everybody that witnessed it pretty much thought, well, evil's won. But praise God, on the third day, the stone was rolled away. Amen. He lives! Amen. Beloved, he lives! If he can do all of those things, why do you not believe he can do that for you with whatever your circumstance is? Again, all we need is a crumb in faith. And let me tell you about faith, and I'm going to hush. Faith 
is not based upon what God gives us. Faith is based upon what it's going to take to keep us away from God when there's a need. That's faith. So you either have it or you don't. But he is a God that can meet your need. If you're lost, he can save you. If fellowship is broken with him, he can restore. If there's a physical need, if it's his will, he can heal you. So, in close, maybe this is your day. Maybe that crumb is going to fall from heaven this morning and meet your need. Will you accept it and will you come? Listen, he's who to go to. That mother had nowhere else to turn. Where'd she find herself? Where Jesus was. If there's a need in your life this morning, come to Jesus. I love what he said, Matthew. Thus, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he said, Thus be it unto you. Thus be it unto you. Come. Let's have a song. Everybody stand. Father, as we come, we thank you for this passage. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God that loves us. And Lord, you supply our needs. And, and Father... You meet every need. We may not tell you enough and praise you enough and thank you enough for all the many blessings we've received in the past. Father, sometimes we have a need and it's delayed. And it's delayed to draw us closer to you, to build up our faith. Sometimes it's delayed because it's not the right request. But dear God... I don't know the needs of those I stand before, but I do know that you can meet that need if they'll only trust you and come. So, Father, bless the invitation. Speak to hearts. Draw them to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.